Hi, everyone. I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the podcast. You might be wondering what's happening here because usually our guest episodes go live on Tuesdays. And no, your watch or your phone is not wrong, it is Friday. This is a fun surprise bonus episode that I have been so eager to share with you all. My friend, Nan Phillip, joined me for today's episode. This is a part of a fun little, very mini series that I've been doing, just meeting and getting to know women that I admire and have kind of become friendly with on social and saying to them, hey, I love what you're doing. I love your Instagram. I love what you share. Would you come on the podcast and share a little bit more about what you do in your day-to-day life and how all of this has come together for you. So we welcome not only Nan today onto the podcast, we also had Stephanie Covington of A Life Well Saved on two weeks ago, and I'm sure this will be a mini series that continues, but consider it a little bit of an early Christmas present, just a little gift to you, some bonus episodes in the month of December. Well, I hope you all are looking forward to the weekend, whatever it might entail for us. It is the beginning of our trip, a cross-country trip (laughs) over the holidays. We are headed to Texas for a nice stint and then we will be in Aspen. So I hope that you all are enjoying the holiday season. Friendly reminder, our Christmas episode, our Christmas special will be live next Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday, and then we'll have a two-week break before diving into all things season two. Uh, Wow. And speaking of season two, I have to give Nan credit. Some of our guests that you all are really going to enjoy coming out in January are actually some of Nan's clients. So to be able to connect with Nan today and also know that our relationship will continue on, not only in a business sense and welcoming her clients onto the podcast, but also in a real heart sense. You guys are going to love this conversation with Nan. If you're not familiar yet with her and with her blog, Simply Elegant, as well as Nan Philip Consulting. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say you're welcome because she is such a treat not only to listen to, but to be friendly with. She's such a great resource online. You all are going to love hearing from her today. Here is Nan Philip on How'd She Do That? Today's guest, Nan Philip, is the founder of Nan Philip Consulting. A graduate of Middlebury College, Nan's career started at Blitzer & Company, a boutique PR firm in New York City, representing top interior designers and home brands. From there, Nan joined the team at Wheezy Towels, a direct-to-consumer startup to manage their PR in-house and be part of their marketing team. Afterward, Nan took her experience to a larger company and joined the marketing team at J. McLaughlin, a clothing brand with over 100 stores throughout the U.S. In early 2020, Nan forged her own path and started Nan Philip Consulting, where she offers public relations and strategy services to interior designers and lifestyle brands. Nan works with her clients to spread awareness for their brands through various channels from press placements, influencer partnerships, consumer-facing marketing strategies, and more. When Nan isn't working with her clients, listening to HSDT, or sharing her favorite finds with us on Instagram, she is likely writing for her very popular blog, Simply 
elegant. Nan, welcome to How'd She Do That? Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, that like flattered listening to that. That was so nice of you. <laughs> I have been so excited to welcome you on. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so, as you know, I'm such a fan of your podcast. I listen <laughs> all the time. I was listening to your new episode this morning for Tuesday. Yes. So I'm very flattered and honored. Oh my goodness. Well, I have to brag on you for a second. And those of you who are listening, you might be like me, Instagram friends with Nan, but can we all just collectively do a little applause? Because I feel like you are the Instagram bestie that we all needed. Oh my God. You're too nice. (laughs) You're serious. I do. I love my friends on Instagram. It's so funny. Like I think (laughs) if you're not you know, if you might not have a public profile, you might not get that. But I've been, I've met so many people like you who I haven't met in person, but I really consider friends. Likewise. Likewise. Well, and it's so fun too. And I, I have to brag because this is such a timely episode. We're actually recording this, like you said, on Tuesday. This is coming out on Friday. You had a recent um, highlight from things I bought and liked, which was so fun to see. And so just all around, you guys, if you have been in Nan's DMs, she is so helpful. And I'm just so excited to hear more about your story and, and life today. I, I would love to dive in. I know I mentioned in your intro where you went to school, but perhaps tell us a little bit about that season of life, where you went to school, and what you ended up majoring in. Yeah, of course. So I am a New England girl. I grew up in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and then I went to Middlebury College, which is a small liberal arts school in um, Vermont. So we were a little bit in the middle of nowhere, but it was great. I loved it. And um, I was an art history major. I will say I've always been creative, loved art. I love interior design. But since Middlebury was small, we didn't have as many options. Like I couldn't have done if there wasn't a consulting major for me to do, let's Mm. say, knowing that I'd want to go into PR, which when I was in college, I did not know. So I just really went with the major that seemed interesting and I liked the classes. And I'm not sure that's the best advice because I knew (laughs) at the time I didn't want to go work in a museum or take a traditional art history path. Right. But I did think that I wanted to enjoy my classes in college and knew I'd hopefully figure it out. Okay. So school in Vermont, what, what, what was that like? I don't even have a, a capacity to understand what, what is it? What is that like? I'm thinking, you know, it's around Christmas time. So I think I'm thinking of a white Christmas. They go to Vermont. <laughs> what were you, what was it? Is it, is that a big town? What, what did that kind of, oh I no, mean, I'm so bad at knowing the populations of things, but the town was, <laughs> it was a college town. Um, I love like a good teeny New England town. So that Aww. I almost did love, but it was very small. I mean, yeah. um, I had also gone to boarding school actually beforehand. So oh. I went to boarding school in a small Connecticut town. And I feel like I almost sometimes I'm like, I think I just replicated my boarding school experience with college. <laughs> and I went to a very similar school. So sometimes if I was to do it over again, maybe I would have gone to like a college in a city or a college in the South just to change it up. But it was fun to go. I mean, everyone just, you you still have to make it work. You go to classes. It was hard, but I, I liked the small town aspect. I was happy to leave and go to New York city afterwards, but I love my friends from college. So 
Oh, well, it's so fun. It's so just out of my realm, having gone to a big Texas school. I'm like, wait, what is it like college in Vermont? How it sounds, it sounds beautiful. And like you said, that small town element. So you then pick up and you head to New York. Was that always a part of your plan? What was the process and thoughts around that? I think I did always want to live in New York City. My dad grew up in New York City, my mom's from Connecticut. We would go a lot. So I was familiar with the city, but I definitely am the type of person who I'm actually an introvert, but I love <laughs> to have a lot of options and have things going on. So to me, there's just, I mean, maybe it would be Paris, but I don't want to live abroad. But there's no better city than New York. So I knew I most likely wanted to live there. And then I just had to find a job and a reason to get there. Um, and I stayed for about, I'm almost sad I don't live there anymore, but I now live in Boston, but I stayed in New York for about five years and I loved it. Okay. What year, what is that? What is the years there? I graduated in 2016. So I moved there right after that spring, summer of 2016. Um, And I left in 2020. Is that right? Oh, 2020. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. The reason I ask is we had um, our mutual friend of ours, Stephanie Covington on, and she was in New York and we realized that we overlapped during our time there. So I was curious if we overlapped, but we just missed each other. Oh, Stephanie's so cute. I loved listening to her episode. Oh. So fun. Someone I didn't know when I lived in New York, but I do have met since. Yes. Oh my goodness. So fun. Well, tell us a little bit because I know you, you went in quickly to PR. How did you, cause you mentioned in college, you weren't aware that that was going to be your path. Um, and I can attest it's your gifting. Not only is it something you're passionate about, you're really good at it, but what did it look like to step into your role at Blitzer and company? And then uh, ultimately there was a move to Wheezy Towels. Yeah. So I love interior design and that mm. was something I really thought that maybe I'd want to do. So I had had some interior, like small and main, whatever, interior design internships. I also loved product. So I had in high school, maybe, or the first year of college, an internship working for a stationary company. I really oh. wanted something creative, but wasn't quite sure, but quickly kind of learned that I didn't actually want to be an interior designer. I just yes. love what they create, but there's so much work and logistics that go behind that. So mm. you're working with the contractor and your client, you're running all around. Yeah. It just wasn't the job for me. So then I was trying to think of what I wanted to do. And then I was like, well, maybe I could be an editor. I love products. I love uh. out there finding new things. And then I was like, oh, I'm not the best writer. Maybe that's not <laughs> for me. So nonetheless, I was talking to some family friends of ours and I'm so grateful to a family friend of ours, Maria, who connected me with my former boss, Elizabeth Litzer, who, and I interned with them before my um, senior year. So with that, I would just say to anyone listening, like ask everyone and anyone, you know, like Mm. Maria is the best friend of my mom's best friend directly in my life. Yeah. But I called her, we knew each other and she connected me with all these people for possible internships, which led to, I sort of had this cold call with this, my former boss, Elizabeth, um, I think probably the spring of my junior year. And I asked and hoped that I could intern for them. And they said yes, which was amazing. So I okay. went off to New York the summer before my senior year. I lived in a family friend's apartment all the way on the Upper East Side. Well, and I'd take the subway down to the West Village for this job. And I learned PR. I mean, I really didn't 
know how it worked. I just knew I loved interior design and I could hustle and was happy to learn what they taught me. And it worked out, which was amazing. <laughs> so from there, what was such so lucky about it, the firm that I worked at is quite small. So this woman, Elizabeth, founded the firm and she had one other woman, Liza, working with her at the time. And I became the third. And since then, I think she's sort of gone between three and four people total. So a perfect a small wow. size, but I did like because you got to learn so much. And I was really fortunate going into my senior year of college, Elizabeth had offered me a job to come back. So nice. I mean, I think we all know can remember that time of college, hoping that you get a job and have that going into my senior year was a huge blessing. Oh my gosh. Yes. And, and, and to be able to step into your senior year and be like, okay, I know what's next. And of course, many listeners that might not be the case, but I love what Nan just shared of don't be afraid, reach out, find that family friend of a friend of a friend. That's how I ended up in New York. My neighbor, his cousin was the CEO of Foot Locker. And I don't, I don't know him, but my resume got to him and there you go. So I love what you just shared, Nan, about being able to set yourself up for success. Now that stint and that uh, job seems to be really, as I'm putting the, connecting the dots to your story, that's the beginning of, gosh, what you're even doing now, which I'm eager to hear more about, but how long were you at Blitzer and Company? So of course I should have like looked at a calendar to fully check this because I'm not like, <laughs> LinkedIn resume person. But I think it was three to, I always say it was three to four years yeah. because with my internship, it all sort of jumbled together. Oh, true. Yeah. Um, but it was amazing. I mean, I, I really credit Elizabeth for teaching me everything I know in terms of how to public relations, how to work with clients. But I also think one thing people don't talk about enough with first jobs mm. is your first boss and Liza, who I worked with too, was amazingly influential, but they also just teach you how to work. Like you come mm. out of college and you were in classes. It's a totally different way of life. Yeah. And I remember Liza, the guy I sat next to, she used to joke that when I first started my job, I never wanted to call anyone like, and call clients, call an editor because my generation, <laughs> I'm 27. We don't talk, you know, I barely talk to my friends. Now we FaceTime and stuff. But that's yes. Before FaceTime, so you don't talk to people on the phone. Yes. So getting to work and having to make work phone calls was so scary to me. Yeah. Now I do it all the time, but I think just, Sometimes people forget that jobs is a whole different way of life, making that gap from jump from college to your first job. And there's so much you have to learn about email etiquette, talking on the yes. phone, all those things that hopefully now I do well, we'll see, always room for improvement. <laughs> but, um, it's important things to learn. Well, and it's such a great, I mean, even getting to the details because we do, we have so many actually college students, we have recent graduates listening and you just brought up a memory to me. I'm having PTSD. No, I'm just kidding. Of my time when I, I interned at Foot Locker and then had a, a role there. And like you, if my phone rang, I was petrified, which is surprising given that I have a podcast, but I would just be like, <gasps> No, no one listen. No one hear. No one hear me talk on the phone. So yes, stepping into a work environment after school, there's such a big adjustment. But like like you have done, it can be done, and you will. Things will get better. The the fear will kind of subside, and you'll begin to gosh step into what I would argue for you. You are becoming an expert, specifically in PR and and now consulting. So tell us because I didn't actually know that you had been at Wheezy, which we had Liz Eicholtz on the. Podcast podcast way, yeah, way early on. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know that connection. Tell us about that season and, and how you decided to step into that role. 
Yeah. So that was really fun. I love the girls at Weezy and I'll do a subtle plug for them because their towels are amazing. So <laughs> get their towels and bathrobes. Um, so I was working at this company, Blitzer, for a while. We had amazing clients. She still has amazing clients. But I sort of realized that, oh my gosh, sort of like I said, how long did I work there? The time just flew by. Oh, wow. And I sometimes think a problem with my generation is we think we need to have multiple jobs. Like, oh, wow. I sort of had this feeling like, okay, I've been here for about four years. Is it time for me to move? Like, do I need to try something different? I think it was great for me because I've had different bosses. I've had different experiences. I don't regret it. But I do think sometimes there might have been like an external pressure to be like, oh, what else is out there? Do I need to try something else? Mm. Um, So with that, I loved, we had interior design clients and home brands. And I really love like the story of a brand. I mean, there's so many products out there. There's so many things these days. You could buy something from Amazon or a small female founded business and I would vote that we all get something from the small female founded business. Yeah. But for us to do that, you really have to tell a good story and Mm. tell people why your bedding's better than the next brand. I'm obsessed with like the stories of how a company got founded, how they make their products. So I really knew that the next best step for me would to be going in-house to a brand and seeing how that machine works instead Mm. of just a consultant on the side. I left my job at Blitzer and Company. I quit without another job. Um, My anxiety and my parents. Um, (laughs) But I love my old boss. And there were times that I thought about leaving before and she was amazing and kept me, had me stay and given me new opportunities. Yeah. But I really, I think it is, I was thinking about this before the podcast, when you think about your career and jobs, one thing that people don't always talk about is it's hard to leave a job, especially if you work for a smaller business or if you love the company you work for, it can be really hard to leave. Like there was a time where I was doing some interviews and you're lying essentially, right? You have to say you have a doctor's appointment. And that was really hard for me because where I worked was just my boss and one or two other people. Yeah. I was, I'm not a good liar. I wasn't good at that. (laughs) Um, It just got to the point where I decided I saved up some money. I had a little bit of a buffer, full transparency. My parents helped me too. I'm very fortunate with that. I don't want to make it seem like anyone could make this choice. It was a luxury. Yeah. But I decided to give my notice to my boss and sort of finish up that time there very well before Mm. I move into the next period of my life. And I think I probably did like five weeks instead of just like your average two weeks before I left. So I could hopefully wrap it up well for them. Um, so then I left Blitzer and company in the, in about June and I want to figure out, I think it was 2019 or 2020. I'm so terrible with years. I will figure that out. Um, (laughs) and I, then that must've been 2019. Um, and so then I was just doing some consulting work. I worked with Bunny Williams, who's this amazing interior designer who was a client of ours. So she was opening up a store. So I helped her with that. I just did some smaller projects throughout that summer which led to, I met, which I feel like you'll like this element. I met the Wheezy girls at a dinner in the Hamptons that Amory was throwing with them. Oh my gosh. Okay. So fun. Such a full circle HSDT moment. Yes. I love it. (laughs) Julia had a collaboration with Wheezy and they were having a dinner and I was sort of invited, I think because of my blog and my Instagram. And also I went with a friend of mine who was an editor. It was 
show oh. it to them to include me. Oh and my that's the Weezy Girls, which was fun because I think we both, they had heard about me as a small industry and vice versa. I was very intrigued in their business. Yeah. Um, so we met, we had this dinner. It was such a fun, <laughs> funny looking back at it. And I remember being like, oh, I'm so intrigued by Weezy. Like, I wonder who does their PR, blah, blah, blah. But not knowing what the next stage of my life was going to be. Do I start my own PR firm? That's not why I left my old job. Right. Where am I going to find a new job, et cetera. Then, like serendipitously, two weeks later, um, I think, I'm trying to remember who called me. I think Lindsay called me and one of them called me and said their PR girl that they had, had she was sort of doing it on top of another full-time job. Oh. And she had gotten a new job. So she couldn't continue doing their PR. Oh my gosh. Would do it. So then I started working with Weezy by just doing their PR, like consulting with them certainly, you know, a number of hours a week only on their PR. Yeah. And that was great. But then I was like, okay, it's September. (laughs) I don't have, you know, I'm still on my, um, what do you call it? Uh, sabbatical. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And my parents are like, man, the time, the clock's ticking. Let's get over your job. So I started to, I had some interviews for some other jobs, but I also really liked the team at Weezy and they happened to be hiring for marketing jobs in Atlanta, which of course I did not live. Um, (laughs) I then called up Lindsay, who's the CEO. And I was like, can we come up with something together that maybe I could do that marketing job? Wow. And this PR job in house and be in New York, maybe get to Atlanta down the line. So they were great. We worked together. And so I ended up joining the team full time, doing in house PR and then working on their marketing team. Oh my gosh. Okay. This is so fun. And there's so much to unpack here. But listener, I think my main takeaway <laughs> in Nan's story is one, you can tell how personable and friendly you are, but you really have a kind of dynamic element. You guys, every single element that Nan has talked about in her career, and I think this is key to think about for those of you who are thinking about maybe shifting in the new year. I know a lot of people who are who are looking to maybe get a new role. Every, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, every single role that Nan has mentioned, and I think continuing into her own consulting business, this has been very much organic and very much networking and real life kind of heart connects with all of these different brands and women. Yeah, I think that's totally the case. And I will say you're so right now, I'm sure we'll get to it, but in my own business, I mean, the I think I have about 10 clients right now. They all are people that I've known socially or been connected with for one reason or another, like it's all referral based. And I will say to your listeners, like in work, I think I'm a pretty good networker. I love to meet people. I love to hear about someone's business, whatever. Socially, I'm sometimes like the more quiet friend of my group. Um, Um, And so I just think that it's a reminder to me, like a lot of times I think I'm more of an introvert if someone really knows the depth of my personality but then people are like, oh, you never come off that way in work. You're so chatty. You can talk to anyone. And I'm like, oh, you have no idea. I get tired afterwards. It's just, I think, how you recharge. It's good to push yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit. Be chatty with people at work. You know, go to an event, which sometimes I would dread going to, but sometimes they're fun. And find the other people who are your age and in similar, similar sort of, maybe you're all at the assistant level to start. Now all of my friends who we all started as assistants, are have totally different jobs five years later and we still help each other and refer people. So 
it is great, I think, to meet people, connect. Always feel free to say hi and ask someone about their business. People want to talk about themselves. Yes. People are self-centered. So you need <laughs> to make a conversation. They want to tell you about their business. They want to hear you like their product. I just encourage everyone to reach out, say thank you, say you like something. The worst that, that could happen, and this is what I tell myself when I send a pitch all the time for wow. my clients, is you never hear back. Right. They say no. Yeah. But the there's so many good things that could happen from going out on a limb. Well, and I, it's so funny because you pinpointed that you just took the conversation exactly where I was thinking of taking it myself, but to highlight that you are a self-proclaimed introvert and that I love what you just shared. And I think this, I, I think this could encourage someone, you know, oftentimes you guys, we think about go-getters or um, women out and about and, you know, running around and I kind of, I, I look at Nan, I'm like, Nan is all over the place. She's always at different events on the East Coast. I'm like, oh, if I was over there, I would want to be sitting right next to her. And you think about like these women and even women like Nan that you might follow on Insta or you love her blog. And we think that their personality is a certain way. And a lot of people would put you in the category of, extrovert, but you really, you, what it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, you really put in a special effort, um, to network and to maybe even, um, push yourself to do so. Yeah, I think so. I think I also just like, I'm, am very naturally curious about people. Yes. Um, yes, me too. <laughs> I, like, I want to know truly, I would want to know everyone's life story, every detail, but of course you can't ask about their marriage or this right. or that, right? So um, I feel like I gravitate to connecting with people over like a fun, creative work environment yeah. because who doesn't want, like we can all talk about that, yeah. whether you're complaining about your job or raving about it. Yeah. We all have things to say about our job and that's always like a pretty safe zone to talk to people about. Um, so yeah, it's like a weird, I'm an introvert in the sense where I really have to recharge. Like I do enjoy going to these events and doing these things. Yeah. Most, you know, you, when I was in New York for a while, we'd have like night after night of events and that would get hard. Yes. But now I'm always excited to go to anything, but I do just have to think about my calendar and be like, okay, I know that if I've done things three nights in a row, I need to like be my grandma self. I always joke. I'm like secretly a 65 year old grandma. Um, like that's my personality. And so um, cute. I need, like a night at home where I'm in my PJs at 6 p.m. Yes. You know, I take out dinner and I watch The Real Housewives on TV. Like I just need a recharge man night. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, there's so, there's so many things. And I love thinking of, of you listener, perhaps you're a, an introvert and you're finding a, a lot of encouragement and, in, in getting to know Nan and, and hearing a little bit more about her. Well, this is really interesting because I'm very curious and I am always so surprised when I have guests on and I figure out their timeline because with you, we're actually in 2019, even to 2020 with your role with Wheezy, right? But I'm ready to hear about Nan Philip Consulting. I mean, you decide to step out and and do this, and then I also want to tie in because we all know about Simply Elegant. I want to hear what's the timeline of the blog as well as the consulting. Yes. Okay. So the blog will have to like backtrack a bit and think backwards. And so I actually in high school I've always read blogs. Like I think when I was in like seventh and eighth grade. I had my first like laptop computer and I was reading <laughs> the monogram blog. I was like, Oh my God, mom, we could, I, so cute. 
I don't like to describe myself as preppy, but I think a lot of people would. So <laughs> I wanted everything monogrammed, which I still do. And so I always was just like finding these weird corners of the internet. And I'm like, oh my God, this woman's telling me all the ways I can monogram something. I love it. <laughs> and um, then, so I love blogs. I read them from a very early stage. I mean, that would have been 2007 when I was in seventh grade. Oh. I then was in high school and Tumblr was a thing, which I don't think anyone uses now. Um, but if you don't know Tumblr, it's sort of like a previous version of Pinterest almost. You just reshare other people's images and sort of create a mood board. So I had one of those in high school, which I think I was like sort of embarrassed about and wouldn't really tell people. But I don't know, when I wasn't doing my homework, I'd do that. And then in college, I loved my friends from Middlebury, but I will be honest, I didn't love like my first two years there. It took time for me to find my people. That's another, any girls in college, if you haven't found your like great friends, keep trying, they're out there. Yes. Um, So my sophomore year, I remember of college, I started this blog. I was like, if other people are doing it, maybe I could, who knows? I have free time that I think when I just like maybe wasn't in the happiest stage of my life in college, I was like, here's something else I can do with my time and take some control of some, you know, yeah. I don't enjoy doing my homework, but I can enjoy doing this. Um, so I started, I remember like with my family, we were all trying to brainstorm what the name would be for my blog. Um, we had this whole list. <laughs> now, I don't know if I love it still, but it works. Simply Elegant. Yes. Um, and my brother came up with that name. So I have to give him credit for that. Name, I mean, it's a blog. It's not a whole business. But side note, when I got to Nan Phillips Consulting and coming up with, with the most boring name ever, not very creative, um, naming businesses is hard. I yeah. was like more formal in my business with Nan Phillips Consulting. And I had a lawyer and to get my LLC, it's hard to come up with names. Yes. So, caveating that by saying, I wanted a more creative name for my PR consulting firm mm-hmm. and I kept it simple. Yeah. Keep my everything else simple. Um, <laughs> but back to college. So I started this blog and cause I read blogs. I basically also wanted to see how it worked. I'm like, how hard is it to make a WordPress blog? Wow. Well, yeah. Like, now my blog's on Squarespace, which I do suggest to a lot of people. WordPress is like, the premier platform for blogs, mm. but I don't have like a developer. My site's not custom built. Right. I'm very scrappy with my blog. Yes. So I've actually, and I do suggest this to a lot of friends. If you're just really doing it yourself and don't have huge ambitions of having ads on your blogs and all these different things, I have found Squarespace to be amazing because yeah. it's super user-friendly. I've done it all myself. Yes. Lay out my blog, everything. Yeah. Um, so over the years, the blog developed, and I always joke that I'm an occasional blogger. So um, anyone would love to have you come read it, simplyelegantblog.com. But I am not the person that gives you new content three days a week, five days a week. It really is my side hustle, something I do for fun, a passion project. Um, so since I started it, you know, my sophomore year of college to now, it's been, that was like 2014, it's been years a long time, it's, it goes in ebbs and flows of how much love and attention the blog gets. Yes. But I do love having like a little corner of the internet. That's kind of how I describe it. Like my own little corner of the internet to share the things I love. 
and the brands that I find that are intriguing and I think other people should know about. It's just a fun platform. Mm. Well, what else is fun? And I actually, I like the juxtaposition of Nan Philip Consulting and Simply Elegant. Like I can, yeah, I like that you have your name and straightforward, direct LLC approved (laughs) (laughs) and then Simply Elegant. I actually think they really go hand in hand. I think it shows a little bit of your personality and then the professional side, which is really what I'm taking away from our conversation is that you have such an amazing personality, but you're also very business oriented. And so I think they go well. I do. I think that they go really well. Um, So yes, well, this is really fun because thinking about Simply Elegant going way back, I mean, yeah, this was something that you started in college. The fact that you've kept up with it throughout all of this time is, is quite impressive, but what did it look like? So you have the blog and you, you are updating it, as you mentioned, when inspiration perhaps strikes. Um, and you mentioned earlier, you said, oh, I don't know if I'm that great of a writer. And maybe you're talking more about college. You're a great writer on social oh, so and simply elegant. So I wanted to throw that out there. But tell us, because these are your two entities right now, Nan Philip Consulting, perhaps tell us a little bit more about its launch and inception. Yeah. But I really love how they go hand in hand. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, they definitely complement each other because I think a lot of my clients for my business sort of feed through my blog, see well, what I yeah. do there, et cetera. But so for starting my business, Nan Philip Consulting, and Simply Elegant is a business too, but I think of it as a feeder really for my main business, which is my consulting job. Right. Um, I started that at the beginning of this year, so 2021. And I was at Wheezy. I did this after that. I sort of, which I honestly think for so many of us, COVID just changed everything. Yeah. And so I ended up changing jobs with COVID. I was going to move to Atlanta with Wheezy. And I was like, hold on, right. we have a national pandemic. <laughs> I can't be that far away from my family. Like what's happening here? Yes. Um, so change of priorities, shift in things. And I did a quick stint at Jay McLaughlin, which is like a woman, well, women's and men's clothing. And that was just, I was filling in for someone on maternity leave. So oh, that nice. Was like, I don't have a job. What am I going to do? And I used, again, connections that I had because they had actually like featured me on their blog. That's like, a, I guess, a, young, a small influencer setting a tablescape. That's how I knew them. And I used that connection oh, to wow. get this you know, temporary six month job that ended, um, in December, you know, Christmas of 2020. And then it was January and I was like, what am I going to do? Here I am again, two years later with no job. (laughs) So just a lesson to everyone. There's never a plan. You just like go with what life throws you. Um, but I did always have a few PR clients on the side. A few, I credit them so much. Two of my clients, um, Chauncey Boothby and Lils McKenna, these two interior designers who are lovely. They were personal friends of mine. And when they were starting their careers as interior designers, they asked me for press tips. They couldn't, I mean, a Blitzer and Company when I was there, we didn't work with clients that small. They couldn't have afforded that. We really just did it as friends. Like I would pitch a project for them as a friend yeah. and they'd be like, man, I have to pay you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you can't pay me. I'm really stressed with my day job. Like I'm just doing this because I think your work is great and you deserve press. Wow. Slowly, like a year or two later, I'd have them, they pay me like a small hourly rate on top of my other job. So then 
this January and February, I would try to calculate like my little side hustle of just PR for friends, trying to calculate that revenue for my taxes. Yes. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is confusing. Like I am not, this is not a business, but I'm getting, you know, this income that I have to track. Right. And so in the back of my mind, I'm like, this would be a lot easier if I had a real business and I had a business credit card and a checking account, et cetera. Wow. And at the same time, I was approached by a few people asking if I could do their PR. Wow. And I thought to myself, why do you think I would do it? I don't have a business, but okay, I guess that me. I think people remembered me from my old job and I just fall into that bracket of someone in the interior design space who does public relations. Um, so I was like, okay, there's a demand. I already have some clients. I have new potential clients. If there's ever a time, I mean, I think COVID made people fearful of risks, but also made me realize like, you know what, this time of life is, I don't even know where I'm living really. I don't know what's happening. Wow. Why don't I take a risk, try this for a year or two or six months Wow. and see what happens. I was very nervous. I have to say starting my own business that if it failed, how, and it still could, how will <laughs> I find another job? Right. And I will say, I, asked, I talked to family, friends, different people who had much more extended business trajectories than me. And I, hopefully this is true, got advice that if someone was hiring for a job and they saw someone who had the guts to go start their own business and do all of those details with accounting, taxes, lawyers, everything that's involved in starting a small business, plus actually doing the business. Um, And let's say the business fails, but if they were able to like sit in that interview seat and talk about that experience, they'd be bringing something to the table. So that made me feel like, okay, all right, I tried it. I'll go look for another job, but I don't want to, I didn't want to start a job over Zoom. It felt like everything was over Zoom. Yes. I didn't love that. Um, so I decided to take a leap of faith. And so it's been a lot. I mean, I will say February and March was a ton of Googling and calling people about literally like how to set up a business. Not something people talk about a lot, but um, I love my parents dearly, but they are not like entrepreneurs. They don't have their own businesses. And I find a lot of times if you talk to someone who is an entrepreneur, oftentimes someone else in their family is. Right. So I, find, I assume that that's helpful to them, right? Wow. Yeah. But me and my whole family were sitting there and we're like, okay, so I think you'd want to do an LLC, not incorporated. I think you need to do this. So I just really tried to follow things. I called some friends, like a, fr- a family friend who's an accountant, and she gave me advice. And then I just tried to hire some people that would help me um, with, like, I put an initial teeny investment into my business. The best thing about PR is it's literally me and a computer. So it doesn't take space, whatever. So I just took, I took $10,000 that I had in savings and put that into starting my business. And I used that. I hired a lawyer to help me set up my LLC, which anyone can technically make their own LLC. You can go on your state's website and do that. But I am not good at those. Like I'm good at detail oriented things, but I'm anxious. I'm going to do this the right way. I mean, someone told me to have business insurance, which I never would have thought of. So oh, then I wow. Yes. Um, so that was the beginning of the year for me. I mean, I had my clients, but a lot of like the back end, it took me a while to find a good bookkeeper, um, those details. But uh, then all the while, I also picked up more and more clients 
um, all just referral based. And I was doing that, you know, I really started throughout the January, February of 2021. And I was sort of just doing it behind the scenes. You know, that was my day job. It's what I did every day, but I didn't tell people. And I have this Instagram account, you know, at nan.philip where I really think of it as like an extension of my blog where if I don't update my blog every day of the week, usually I'll find something that I love on Instagram in my store, et cetera. But I never talked about my job. And I think I just sort of liked keeping the two a little bit separate, you know, like Instagram, fun, personal life, products I love, job is serious, separate, you know, nine to five. Then over the summer, I was going to like family weddings, you know, now that we could sort of see each other again, people again and whatnot. Yeah. And people in my family were like, so how's work? Your blog, it seems to be great. And I was like, wait, wait, (laughs) have a job. Like I am busy from nine to five. This is not just my job. I mean, not to bash anyone who is an influencer at their full job. No, no, yeah. And very hard work. But I was like, hold on, there's a missing piece here. If people don't realize this is kind of what I'm doing. Wow. Um, That then made me, I like created an Instagram account for my business, created a full website. And really like a little bit marketed Nan Philip Consulting. I honestly don't market it a lot, but I do try to have, I was like, okay, let me make this a little bit more clear of what I do with my day job and my blog more so because I wish I had more time for my blog. Like if I was doing this, you know, nine to five on my blog, I would hope that I'd be giving out a bit more content and more regular <laughs> blog posts. That's so, so funny work with my anxiety of feeling like I never provide enough on my blog. I wanted to tell people, oh, wait, it's because I'm doing something else all day. (laughs) Well, that's amazing. Okay. And I have to correct myself because I think I said in your intro is early 2020, but Nan Philip Consulting started in 2021. Yes, this year. What? That is... I mean, it won't even really be a full year at the end of December, but I'm treating, you know, it won't be a full 12 months, but I'm thinking this, like, this is really my first year. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so impressed. And I love to, you just tapped into something that I think is, is so key, not just for listeners, but also for guests. And I've had list, I've had guests on that have communicated this, but the, there is, it's so funny when people see that you have a blog, many people just assume, Oh, that's their full income. Like they make so much money on their blog and that's, you know, where that's their huge source of income. And I love that you put it together and you were like, well, hold up, hold up. No, no, no. I need to make sure that I'm communicating to people what, what entities I have going on. Totally. I mean, I really try. And I think this is something, Emily, we've talked about, not just, you know, just over messages and whatnot. Yeah. To be authentic. I mean, I think every brand, everyone will tell you, oh, you need to be authentic. But in reality, like, I truly want the people who follow me on Instagram to know a good portion of my life and think they know me. They won't know every detail. Right. But I do want to be authentic with them. And I think Instagram's amazing because it connects me with people like you and all these other friends I have over Instagram. But there are like total downfalls. Yeah. We all know it's been in the news, et cetera. And I think Instagram is like what everyone says. I mean, it truly is a highlight reel. Yeah. And I, there's people out there. I mean, there's a friend of mine, Sarah from my sister made me buy it. Like, Oh yes. So great. And she's amazing because she, I think she does a good job of not having Instagram be her highlight reel. Yeah. I and mean, she, both her parents have sadly passed away and she mm. talks about that. Wow, really, yeah. She really dives into those things. 
Wow. I can't say I am uh, secure enough with all my feelings. Right. <laughs> there me crying or any of those details on my Instagram. Right. So I otherwise try to be pretty real with everyone, even re- authentic and what I don't share yeah. um, and where my boundaries are. So I just wanted to make it clear, like, yes, I'd love you to shop my affiliate link in my blog and support my blog, but I also only have 9,000 followers. Yeah. It's not enough to be a full-time business. I mean, I make a small amount of money from it a year. This year has been my most successful. So hopefully each year I'll make more yeah. from my blog. I keep doing it. Yeah. It's not enough to cover anyone's lifestyle. Right. And I also, as I like to shop, so it definitely wouldn't cover right. <laughs> my lifestyle. But I love that. I love that you would peel back the curtain there. And it is, it's something that we've talked about, but I think even within the t- time frame of 2020, I feel like there is a real sense of uncovering things and not in a like aggressive, like journalistic way. I just mean in a way that people want to know that people want to know, oh no, Nan doesn't live completely off of her blog. Emily doesn't live completely off of her podcast. They have other roles, but it's cool to hear. I hope, and I think, and listener, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I find it intriguing to hear what people hope is their bread and butter, you know, in the future. I like seeing the growth of people. I love seeing your growth. I love hearing that this year's the biggest year for your blog. And I want to keep watching and seeing how your hard work continues to pay off. So anyone who's listening and you're hesitant to share the real details and uh, Nan just said it really eloquently in, you know, perhaps you can kind of understand where your emotional depth that you want to share on social media is. I agree with you, Nan. I'm not someone who's necessarily going to be able to fully communicate my feelings because I don't think that it always comes off appropriate in text. You know, when you click through someone's story, it can be so misinterpreted. But, But I love one thing too that I'm taking from you. I think that We have enjoyed social media so much because we think the best of people when they share those things. And that's what makes it fun, right? Totally. I mean, it does. Anytime someone like goes out on a limb and shares something on Instagram, I'm so blown away. Yes. I'm so inspired by them. I mean, actually, this hasn't really come up. It's not something I typically talk about. Yeah. I don't talk about it, but I'm going to go for it. Yeah. I am dyslexic. So for me was like pretty hard you know reading takes me a lot longer (laughs) the reason I say I don't like to write is because I am not great at spelling and grammar yeah Yeah. not something I typically talk about like a little bit of a you know challenge that I had when I was younger I mean still yeah but I faced it and moved on but it was you know something that in college at my first job second every job it's been like man you have a I always get the feedback you have to check your spelling errors and it's like uh, so much because I'm like, oh my God, don't think that I wasn't trying very hard. Like wow. I wasn't paying attention, didn't proofread that. Wow. You know, I did things. But speaking of people going on a limb, last night I was on Instagram. Um, Brent Neal, do you follow her? The jewelry designer? Yes. I'm obsessed with her work. No, literally I mean, gorgeous. But it's stunning. And she posted something last night, which of course I didn't know this about her that she was dyslexic. Wow. And for me, that was like truly so moving because I look at her business, this business that she's built, this amazing jewelry collection and line. Yeah. And I'm so inspired by her, you know, like we all still have people that we 
I'm not going to have a jewelry business, but people that right. were inspired by it, we like look at them and think their life is perfect. So mm. I totally love this trope of thinking, oh my gosh, she has the perfect life, the perfect business, everything. Wow. And so when she went out on a limb and shared that last night, I was like, oh my God, this really actually, and she, other people sent her messages and she was sharing them oh. meant a lot, but to me, it also did too, because I was like, wow, okay. Someone's out there with a successful business. Wow. Do, you know, with this challenge that I faced that I often thought when I was younger, maybe I wouldn't be able to do the things I wanted. Wow. Oh my gosh. I have chills over here. This happens sometimes. First, thank you so much for sharing because I do, I think there's so many entities, like you said, and this is, this is such a cool way to communicate because we can hear your voice. You know, we can hear your thoughts behind this. Um, but again, gosh, for those of you who follow Nan, literally just like major props to you because you are so thorough in your writing. I would never know that about you. I would never. That's nice. Don't judge me when there's a typo because I'm sure there are and will be. (laughs) Literally. Well, and it goes back to thinking the past of people online when there's typos, when there's different things. It's like uh, to bring in just like, like you said, just wow. When people share, it's like, yes, to have that mentality, to have that excitement around people being authentic. And Nan, I know that is so true about you. And uh, wow, I've found it today. I'm I'm so honored that you would come on and, and share so many different entities of your life. But I know that listeners would not let me have you on the podcast without asking this one. Could you perhaps tell us what is the greatest lesson you have learned? Oh my gosh, this is a hard one. Um, <laughs> it's big. I love um, like the, all the things that people have said on your other episodes. Yeah. I think my biggest lesson and like goal in starting my business and, you know, I don't know if I'll do this business forever or start another business, whatnot, is like being really nice. Like Mm. I just, I've worked with some amazing people. I've had, you know, we've all had experiences that are less than amazing. Mm. And it just blows me away. It is easy to be nice, right? Like we can all be nice. You can hold the door open for someone, do whatever. Yeah. And that matters a lot. And I think that sometimes I get like a little when I was younger and I'm sure still today, I sort of think something seems great and that I want to work with these people or do this or do that. And then you realize, Oh, maybe they're not so nice or like, nice. or when someone is amazingly nice and giving and shares information and, you know, helps you find a job or connects you with so-and-so it makes such a difference in your life. Um, so I do think like my biggest working lesson and thing I try to remind myself of is to always like lead with kindness. Mm. I try, and I'm sure I'm not perfect at it, but I really like when I think about the clients that I want to work with, I really just want to work with like nice, awesome people. Mm. And if someone is asking me too many questions or wants to sign a contract or too worried about all these different things or complaining about some other brand, I'm yeah. like, I don't think we're the perfect fit. Yeah. Like, and knowing that I think is important. And I've learned that over time. Mm. Like if someone goes into a job interview, I would suggest to them, like, really just think about if someone's nice and if that's a culture that you want to be in. Mm. Um, Because I think we can all have a lot of different jobs, but if you're surrounded by good people all day, that will make your life happier. Mm. So well said and such a great takeaway for anyone who's listening. It's like, be alert, be aware. Is this a facade? Is this real? 
Yeah, exactly. That goes back into the Instagram thing. Like, yes, things can look amazing and they aren't always. Yes. And I love that you've, in your own way, discovered that and moved forward with it in your own business. And you guys, I can say a little teaser. Nan has had, she has introduced me to some of the genuinely nicest women that are coming on the podcast (laughs) next year. Emily Hammer, of course, was on. And so to hear that be your answer and to know a little bit about who you surround yourself with, who your clients are. um, I mean, you're just, you're, you're, you're not speaking to the choir, you're living it out. So I think that's really Ah, really impressive. Really, really cool. Well, Nan, I know that you always have something fun coming up. So tell us what's next for you. Oh my gosh. So I'm like, what? I feel like there's always so much on my to-do list. <laughs> Literally. Um, I am going back to like having had Nan Phillips consulting for what I'm sort of thinking as the first year. I'm excited to like close out the year, you know, to close my books at the end of December wow. and really look back. And I have this great bookkeeper. She's amazing. And she really helps me like look at what I've done, but also because when you start a business, you don't know where it's going. You know, I didn't know what type of income I'd make. And so forecasting for the next year or the, even the next month, she's really helpful to me with. Wow. So I have to say I'm not a numbers person, but I'm excited to see how it shook out. Like yes. how this experiment worked for myself. Um, same with the blog, like to see where that is after a year. I love to redesign my blog. Mm. So maybe that's something we can see coming my way in 2022. <laughs> but that would be way down the line because I haven't even hired someone or done anything. But that is a goal that I have for the blog. Um, but yeah, I think I'll just be plugging away on both entities and trying to keep it real. <laughs> do my best. Oh, well, you're doing awesome. And you'll have to keep me posted if you do end up um, switching up your blog, because you mentioned that you're on Squarespace. Is that what you said you are? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I'm on too. So, and I'm chatting with someone about it. So we might need to connect. I might need I all to hear your thoughts. Talented people out there that I'd love to hire. Right? Yes, to literally. Everything I know. Okay. Hire. I'm, I'm glad to know that that's on your radar. <laughs> so yay. Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, is there anything uh, that we didn't cover today that you'd like to? Oh my gosh. No. I mean, <laughs> I can, as you can tell, I can chat. So I can chat for hours and this is such an honor oh. to be here. I really think we covered everything. I mean, I think people will hear this from our conversation. I just would really say, that based on my Instagram and like going along with my blog and whatnot. And I use my Instagram for work too, like at Nan Phillip, you know, that's sort of my hub for everything. Yeah. But I just would remind everyone it's the highlight reel for all of us. You know, it's not real life. Yeah. I'm trying to be a little bit better about like not bringing my phone with me when I go for a walk all the time yeah. or, you know, some of my girlfriends, you know, great friends, they're going off Instagram because they think it's like a little too toxic and doesn't help them. Yeah. For me, I follow just like brand. I don't think I follow like, I don't follow that many people I went to high school with or college. It's more of like, I follow businesses that I'm curious about. Yes. How are they doing your marketing strategy, whatever. But I think that would be like just one extra thing that I'd add in that we should all look at probably everything, but especially Instagram with a grain of salt. Yeah. I could not agree more, but all of this goes hand in hand with all that you're doing. Now tell us where can listeners connect with you? Yes. Okay. So they can, the best place to start is on my Instagram. So it's at nan.philip. 
Um, people always ask me where Nan came from. My real name's Nancy. So <laughs> N-A-N dot Philip with one L, no S. That also is something people get wrong. Um, and then my blog is simplyelegantblog.com. And then my business is, um, you can find me at nan.philip.consulting oh. on Instagram for that. Oh. But just go to my Instagram and you'll find everything there. Yes. Oh, love it. Well, Nan, I cannot thank you enough. I have been so excited about this conversation and I knew I was going to be encouraged and excited to share it, but it's, it's really next level. So thank you again for your time today. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll join us next Tuesday for a new episode. We will talk to you soon.